Broadcasting from Northwest Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Gen Extra Podcast, a show about Generation X, movies, technology, weird news, and anything else they feel like. Join them every Monday morning. Now, here's your hosts, Dave and Joe. All right. Welcome back to another episode. Here we are. It's the most important day in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Monday. Monday. Oh, oh. oh well. Oh, wait. Are you talking yes, about what happened today to today? <laughs> yes. When you listen to this, it will be Monday. But what happened to, to today today? Yeah, which, which is, uh, what is the 2nd of February. Yeah, February 2nd. Yeah, yeah. So what happened today? What is today? Something about, there was some something in the news about a groundhog that a bunch of suited men pulled out of his hole in the ground. Mm-hmm. With top hats. For, with top hats. And then they forced him to like lay there for a second. And then they declared that he didn't see his shadow, which is absolutely the best way to predict the weather. So that prediction means that we're going to have an early spring. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have talked about the groundhog, I think every year so far. I think we do. Yeah, we do. And I think if you go back and listen, I, we're probably going to repeat ourselves. So sorry, <laughs> but what the hell? I'm glad he didn't see a shadow because I am excited as everybody else is for an early spring. But I don't understand the, I don't even want to say science, but like the, the, uh, I don't know, what, what do you even call it? What the hell is it? The lore? It's a, tra- uh, it's a tradition. But right? where it's did like it a... start? <laughs> oh, I mean, Punxsutawney Phil is about as old as I think it can be, right? I mean, isn't it like, like a hundred year old tradition or something, right? Yeah, I'm just wondering where the first, who the first person was that, like, it had to start out with just, like, a, a saying or something, you know, like some dude and his like groundhog, right? Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, who knows? But yeah, like he, he, maybe he actually started noticing the behavior of of the groundhog and and thought maybe it, it was a shadow or not a shadow that he was looking at. And I don't know, man. I just, I don't understand how they even how they even know if he saw it or not. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. I watched the video. Did you watch the video today? No, he just, of, he just crawls around. Yeah. He like, they pick him up, The which I would, I mean, I'd go to the thing and just, you know, enjoy, enjoy a good time there. Maybe have a drink or two at like whatever it is, six or seven in the morning. Right. Yeah. But they pull it up. They do a little thing. They read some stuff. They, they put him on a flat table and then he just kind of sits there. He hmm. just sits. He just and, and then it. after they stare at him for like 20 seconds, they pick him back up and they're like, there's a decision. And then they grab one of the scrolls and they read the decision. I I'm still not exactly sure how, how the, the decision is made. Works. Yeah, yeah. What is the signal? What are they yeah. looking for? What what is the evidence? <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know if like he points, like if they're looking for his nose to like point to one of the scrolls or something so i i mean i i'm glad we have this weird pennsylvania tradition i'm glad we have it i am i think it's i think it's one of the weirdest neatest things that across the united states in terms of like weird traditions but at the same time i'm still not sure how it works yeah i don't have no idea how it works and it's our state's tradition (laughs) yeah i mean everybody gets all excited they all talk about like oh hey the groundhog you know saw a shadow didn't see a shadow but no one really questions how do they know? 
I don't know. It's, I, it's I, so weird. What kind of a draw does this event get anyways? It's it's popular. I mean, in the area, it's popular. I'm pretty sure they get like tens of thousands, thousands hundreds of thousands. I, I, you know, I'm looking at a picture of it. I mean, it's definitely Is it like Times Square at New people. Year's. I mean, it kind of looks like that. Are you but serious? It, that a, many people? It's a smaller town. Right. Well, so, yeah. But I know, know they get like tons of like outsiders from like New York and stuff like that. They'll scale that down a little bit. I'm pretty sure it's thousands of people show up. That's crazy. I'm pretty sure it's like thousands. I mean, I don't know if it's like, I don't think it's tens of thousands. I could be wrong, but yeah. it, at least from the photo, the photo that I'm looking at, there's definitely several thousands. So there's definitely several thousands people in crowd. <laughs> well said, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, that's good news. Good news. We, we should hopefully have what, six weeks of winter, winter or, or is it less? No, less. We're, that we're heading because Unlike last year where he did see a shadow, he didn't see it this year. So we're supposed to have an early spring. And if you ask me what the actual rate is, like uh, whether, uh, whether the Oh, his the predictions accuracy, are correct or not? Yeah, I don't, I have no idea what it is. All I know is today they said we're going to have an early spring. It's got to be. I mean, it's obviously 50-50 chance of getting it right. Yeah, how many times does he actually get it right? I would say... I'd say less than half the time he's correct. That's my I, guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to. And plus, I mean, what about the in-betweens? What about all the in-betweens? Like, they, they just use six weeks as, like, a marker, right? But but what about the in-betweens? What if spring was, like, a little bit early? Right. The, right. Or what if it was a what if it was a colder year and it, and it care, you know? So is that, I don't know. I don't uh, know. It's, too, it's just a fun, we're, we're thinking about it too much. We are. Yeah, I'm wondering what constitutes an actual early spring. Like, what is early versus, is it, oh, yeah, like you said, is it a week? Is it a week early? Two weeks? Three weeks? Because, yeah, what, are we right, talking like mid February is going to be warm out? I hope so. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, there you go. All right. We'll, we'll keep moving on past the old Punxsutawney Phil. All right. So, all right. So, Joe, one thing I want to do before we jump into the show which I guess we'll give a quick heads up of what we're actually doing this show, which is we have the, our, our, we're grounding our way back to the beginning of our, our rotational segments. We are back to week one. Yes. So Joe's going Joe's gonna to give us another science segment. Which, science. You know, I thought, I'm like, Joe's going to always have something for the science segment. I can't never have, like, nothing. So yeah. I, I Wait, found... You know what his show, the show would be like, the, the science dummy? Yeah. <laughs> So I, I found some stuff that I thought would be interesting to talk about. Just some some general, I think it's like five science facts that I found. So there you uh, go. Good. Good. <laughs> I want to contribute. Yeah, how did you get these science facts, by the way? Google. Okay. All right. Good. These are not okay. things that I was banking in the back of my mind. I'm like, well, I can't wait to drop these on Joe someday. Yeah, dude. You've been you've been holding on to these for like months. You're right. like, I'm gonna get them. I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna get them with one of these. He's not gonna know this. Yeah, he's gonna be floored. Yeah, and a uh, we're gonna do a media segment. I watched a I watched a movie that I want to share. And Joe, you watched what? I promised last week that I would because I wanted to see it. I wanted to see Oppenheimer. You watched it ahead of me, mm -hmm. and you last week were none too pleased. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I. I kind of said, all right, well, I kind of, I know where you're coming from, but I'm also going to watch it because I think the movie 
isn't my prediction last week was that I think people may have thought the movie was something that it wasn't. And I, w- and I wanted to, I wanted to also watch it to kind of see what I thought. So that's what I did. I'll have that during the media segment. All right. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. And if we have time, we are going to finish up with a, uh, with a game. So, all right. So like I said, before we get started here, Joe, I was thinking back about all of our, for a while we were doing like the Gen Z word of the day. Yeah. And we've kind of run out. So I thought that it would be fun if we took everything we learned during those segments and put them into a conversation. <laughs> oh, so we're just, we're just going to, it's like doing our homework, but this, but we had to put together, we finally had to put together like a final book report. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought we could, you know, just read a little script that we wrote to just kind of display how these, all these words are used in conversation. Okay. Uh, this is going to sound so believable. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So John, I'm going to start this out. So here we go. Hey, Joe, are you finna go to a darty? I hear it's going to be but, fire. Bet. Just don't be so extra flexing so much. It's so cringe. I'll try and keep it 100. Your outfit is dripping, by the way. No cap. It's not too chooky. Facts. It eats. Stop gassing. <laughs> Bruh, people won't recognize you. You had such a glow up. I hit the gym a lot. I've been look maxing. It was my Roman Empire. You're snatched. <laughs> can't bring me down. I'm on a high right now. I'm living my best life. And talk can't take that from me. I <laughs> don't know what I just said. Hey, I found a 20 in the dryer. I got some bussin' pizza. So it was basically free. Girl math, bruh. You're Delulu. I low-key love it. Let, let's roll to the darty and don't be a simp. I have mad riz. Gonna be pulling and smashing. You're so thirsty. You're living rent-free. I'll give you the tea. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? What is this? I just want everyone to know this is a Dave special. <laughs> oh, my God. I had some help from... From my daughter, you did. And you her, did have a Gen roommates. Z clear. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you had this Gen Z cleared, like, like right in the middle. I'm like, I have no clue what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's dude. That's what I hear. Like when they talk, it's hilarious because I am around, you know, that age range a lot because because yeah. of Grace and her friends. So yeah, I tend to hear a lot of these terms and sayings, and over time, I have because I'm curious, I, you know, I'll get to the bottom of certain sayings. I'm like, what we I'm like, what is that? Cause I well, probably because of the show too. Cause I want, I want to explain to people what I just heard. Um, yeah. So it, it's fun. I, I, I would never use them, you know, for the most part in, in my own, what do you, like you always call well, it I your lexicon. Your lexicon. Yeah. But I think it would even, it would be right. It would be difficult to even like, even if I was exposed to it long enough, I think it would still be difficult to kind of, to put it into to your everyday language because it's 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 your brain is different at this stage in life. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you're younger, you're much more mal. It's just a fact, right? Your brain, the way the way that you speak, the way that you act, the way that you talk, the things that you learn, you're much more malleable when you're younger. So you pick up on these things a lot quicker. Now it's like you know we're you know we're old and hardened. So it's like yeah, even we're set reading in our ways. It, yeah, I know reading yeah, is difficult. Even reading, it's difficult. Yeah. And it's like, it's just English. Like I can read words, but there's no way to like apply, you know, I can't apply the proper like timing and, and almost beat to it because it's like, it's, it's just, it's so foreign to my head, you know? Yeah. Do you think that 
are, are they are, are they at least aware enough that it is a special language that they all communicate with and they don't take it into like the professional world? You know what I mean? Like, or, or is there slowly going to be like a phase where the Gen Z get, you know, like our age and they're like the higher up professionals in, in their industry. Do you think that they're going to be using these words professionally? Like, I, Here, I, I, I mean, feel like not. No. And I don't think so. Cause I think about, I mean, obviously you and I have, have, have experienced this same thing in our lives. Right. And if I look back to my, you know, high school and then, and then, and then, you know, you know, post high school and then job interviews and then my first professional jobs and everything. I, I will, I'd say generally speaking, I still think there's a language of professionalism and business. And, and of course there's things that, that get into that conversational piece, but not like that. And if I think about the slang and terms that we used to use, a lot of that didn't leak into like, you know, like a business professional or right. a business casual type conversation. I still think there's a barrier there. Good. Okay. I hope so. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I don't, if, if not, I'll be retired anyway. So <laughs> yeah. Like you go into like a job interview and they're like, Hey, welcome. You know, please have a seat, have a donut. And they take a bite and they're like, mm, this is bussing. Like get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm, this donut's bussing out. <laughs> uh, none of that. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> there you go. Well, that was fun. Thanks for participating. Oh, oh, anytime. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's jump into the show, Joe. What did you find for your science segment, which we still have well, no no official intro? Today's science science piece is getting is getting to an American tale as old as well as old as it happened. We're talking about the hunt for Amelia Earhart, Ooh. or what's or what happened to Amelia Earhart, right? Have is you there, seen? Is there the a most- conspiracy around this? Well, have you seen the most recent update? No. To, Did you just drop a coin? Hunt, I I dropped in my in my desk here. I dropped a yes. There was a coin in All my right. hand, and I dropped. <laughs> I just wanted that effect. Yeah. Uh, that was actually the sound of sadly Amelia Earhart's plane plumbing and plummeting it into the ocean. It sounded like being that one that one song. It's like ba doom That money. That song. Yes. Sorry. Now, now I know exactly what you're talking about too. Okay. Anyway, Amelia Earhart. So. A, I don't know how familiar you are with the full Amelia Earhart story. Like, I'm not sure, like, if you just know it from what you've, you know, seen on, you know, people uh, well, talk about or history or whatever. I mean, I know it in and out, Joe. See, but you need to explain it for our listeners. All right. So <laughs> super, super, super ultra short version of the Amelia Earhart disappearance. Mm-hmm. So she disappeared during her attempt to make a circumnavigational flight of the globe in 1937, she was in a, in, this is going to sound like an ancient airplane. Well, because it is at this point, I mean, it's oh, the model would be almost a hundred years old. Now she was in a Purdue funded Lockheed model E or 10 E Electra. Okay. Kind of think of it. Think of it like a, definitely like a world war two ish shaped plane. Yeah. I've you know, seen the you know pictures. How, yeah. Okay. On the final leg of her flight, she took off from, I think it's pronounced Lay or Lee, Lay, New Guinea, attending to, intending to refuel on Howland, Howland, Howland Island okay. before continuing to Honolulu and then to Oakland, California, where the journey was to end. She and her navigator disappeared en route to Howland Island and were never found. And to this day, the mystery still, the mystery is still alive and well. There isn't, 
There is some more recent evidence I'm going to talk about today. That's the science portion of today. Mm. But the mystery today is still essentially what I talked about right there. What's been the general belief that she just crashed in the ocean? So Occam's razor is something happened and she crashed into the ocean. And because obviously the, you know, the, 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 the area that she could have been in is so large and so wide and the ocean is so deep that it's been extremely difficult to pinpoint, to pinpoint her, you know, the, the crashed airplane. That's, that's the general belief. Now there are, the Amelia Earhart story has a lot of conspiracies and circumstantial evidence associated with it as well, too. There is some evidence. No, I shouldn't say that. I should not say evidence. There are some theories or ideas that the Japanese took her, like she she crashed somewhere or made, made, made it to an island where the Japanese found her and her navigator and essentially probably executed them or just kept them captive you know, trash the plane. That's why, you know, no one can find it anymore. Mm-hmm. There's theories that they did end up on an island somewhere and that they just didn't, you know, they just, you know, eventually, unfortunately, starved to death, possibly. But Occam's Razor and most historians still believe that it, they probably crashed somewhere. I mean... That seems like the most it, likely scenario. Yeah, it's the most likely scenario, especially in an airplane, you know, at the, at the still arguably the dawn of... You know, maybe not the dawn, but the early morning of the flight age. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, which was, I think, why this was so incredible, that she was going to fly around the world. She almost made it. Yeah. I mean, that's that that in and of itself isn't an accomplishment. It's just too bad that it ended the way it did. Yeah. So what's the, what's the new evidence that's come up? So there is a, a privately funded science, just call it a science expedition, whatever, called the called the deep sea vision it's it's just somebody you know how like and this gets this gets some bad press these days it's another you know millionaire slash billionaire i'm not sure what rent what you know what level he's at but his name is tony romeo and he is a private he's a private privateer when it comes to kind of like these science explorations right he has he has chartered and mapped i don't know if he's mapped but he's chartered a lot of undersea expeditions he goes looking for things okay basically what's he what's he he using he is using a professionally designed undersea autonomous water vehicle an auv it's an autonomous sorry autonomous underwater vehicle he is not him and his team are not in it they just look for things in the pacific ocean with this autonomous vehicle so it's doing that like i said that 3d mapping to where they can really get a good vision on what's down there. So I believe in this case, and I'm reading, this is the, this is the version that's on national geographic. This just came out a few we- weeks ago. This version of the vehicle is a sonar based vehicle. Okay. So, so essentially what they're looking for are larger objects. Right. He, I, I don't think he's doing anything like highly detailed. I think they're, they're down there looking for large, like what they're looking for is they they basically take the vehicle, they put it down there. And this is what's kind of cool. This is kind of the sciencey part of all this. And they just start bouncing sound waves off of everything, right? Mm-hmm. They're looking for things to come back that should not be there. So what happened was, is they were searching in what he thought might've been an interesting place to look. Didn't even notice it at first, right? They were reviewing their images that came back. And 
they were they were, they they immediately skipped over it originally because they thought it was like a mistake or they thought it was like too it basically called it too bright or too obvious. Mm-hmm. But then they started looking at it. He realized where he was in the Pacific, and his idea, and he admits this is not a hundred percent. Nobody should take this as we found it. But he, on second reflection, almost sounds kind of weird to say that, but on second look, he believes he might maybe have found the resting place of Amelia Earhart's aircraft using these, using sonar imagery. Okay. All right. So what's the, do they, do they say what the plan is now? Are they going to go and like, see if they can recover whatever it is? So let me see what he says here. They thought that the data from one of had been corrupted and it was, they, they checked the data. It wasn't corrupted. And he said they didn't, Oh, this is, this is unfortunate. We were out of time. We were out of resources, says Romeo, and we didn't have a camera on our AUV. It broke really early in the expedition. So apparently they did launch with a camera and it wasn't available, you know, at least now, or it wasn't available during the expedition. Mm. Returning to go over the target again with just sonar didn't seem worth it for the hundreds of thousands of dollars he estimated it would cost. He, however, Deep Sea Vision does plan to go back to the sonar image site this year with an operational camera on the AUV to see what it is. So the it's inconclusive at this point, but it's it, it's met it's been met at the scientific scientific community with both welcome and skepticism i'm sure because it's quite the assumption yes and he's not he's also being very fair about it too like he's not saying i found it yeah he's saying you know what we found and where we found it it's possible right And, and and it stands out enough that the confidence level is relatively high that it's not just you know a rock outcropping yeah i'm assuming it looks I mean, I guess at this point, it's like 100 years ago. It doesn't even look like a plane anymore, the image. So, so I'm looking. So if you go to the thehill.com, uh, which is a pretty good general news source for most things, they did get one of the images, and they have side-by-side, side, they have the sonar image next to Amelia Earhart's plane. Now, to kind of describe the plane, I know it's a podcast, to kind of describe the plane, Amelia Earhart's plane was like, think of almost, think of generally like a World War II, a smaller World War II bomber, mm-hmm. but make the wings wider, make the wings wider, right? A little bit wider. It looks, the best way to describe it, honestly, I, I hate to say it be so generic, but it just, it looks like one of the earlier World War II bombers. Okay. And it it's, the sonar image certainly looks intriguing. I'll tell you that. The sonar image is definitely the shape. That's the relative shape of an airplane for sure. However, the the criticism of it, or I guess the, you know, what people are saying like, well, this, I don't think this is it, are saying like they don't like the way that it looks like it's resting in the ocean, basically. Like it doesn't, they don't feel like the wings would crash or lay on the ocean floor in that manner. Hmm. So there's still a ton of doubt here. However, I will say, if I was this Tony Romeo and I was looking at, what, what Amelia Earhart's aircraft next to this sonar image that I'm looking at right now, I can totally see why he thinks there may be something there because it's, it's close enough to be intriguing. And with, you know, years of damage and falling into the ocean and stuff, who knows if it is, you know, it's certainly possible. It's certainly within the realm of possibility. Yeah. And if she was having some kind of a malfunction, she may have tried to just land it in the ocean. She may not have crashed in the ocean. 
Like, Ditch at sea, right. Yeah, so it, it may have stayed intact and then just sunk. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, but that's crazy to think about that if, let's just say hypothetically, that that, that is her plane, mm-hmm. it's crazy that, you know, the, the ocean is that vast that it has taken by accident someone a hundred years to find. Oh, it's, yeah. Like, again, it's, if it's wild. True, but yeah, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And that's, that's the scary part too about, you know, when people go like overboard on like a cruise ship, always my worst fear. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you got, you have to have your whistle on you. Yeah, man. Have the whistle. <laughs> I still get made fun of a lot for that. But yeah, so I mean, that's just, it's crazy. Cause like the last cruise we were on, I remember I was looking at, at my Google maps and like, we were just in the middle of the Caribbean ocean and like, dude, if something happened and like the, you know, we had to take like lifeboats and we we're all bobbing around out in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Who's going to find us if we can't communicate with anybody? He's going to be bobbing around out there, man. Like, like, like castaway. It's crazy. Well, and at least in that situation, you're a little bit better off because something crazy happens on a cruise ship and it's, you know, you and your wife stranded on a, on a, you know, a little bobbin and weaving, you know, lifeboat. Yeah. They, yeah. At l- least at a minimum in the modern information age, they knew, they know where the cruise ship went down or started to sink or whatever. Right. Oh yeah. Or, or, you know, so there's a starting point, but you think about this Amelia Earhart stuff, all they know is where she took off from and her supposed flight plan. And so they've estimated where she could be, but it's massive. It's just stupidly big. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It'd be frightening too. to take a little, a little plane like that. Just, just over the ocean. <laughs> God, it'd be so terrifying. For, for, for thousands of miles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And nothing but water. And, and you know, too, and just like, I'm sure as, and I, and I am definitely in the camp of, if, if you would ask me what happened to Amelia Earhart, I'm going to tell you she crashed in the ocean because it's the most logical answer. But yeah, yeah, for sure. That's, that's, right, know, that's what I'd say to you. To, to know, to be up there flying, you know, in an early, early-ish airplane. It wasn't, the, like I said, it wasn't the dawn of the flight age, but it was early enough to still be relatively dangerous, right? That, you know, it's still something that, you know, just being up there thousands of miles of ocean, like, you know if you're going down, there's nowhere to go. You can't just radio into uh, the, the local airport and be like, I have to turn around. Yeah. I wonder if they've made any movies about this, like some of the the fictional, you know, theories about what happened to her. Like, I wonder if there's any movies out there that exist like that, like, you know, like a the, like the, the theories behind, you know, what actually happened to her and some crazy stuff. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm wondering if there's a, a film. Well, it's funny you say that because this would be exactly something that would pop up on Netflix because Netflix has like a whole section of 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 what I'll call I don't know if they're I, I don't know if I'd call them exactly like like documentaries, but they're like the theory of Amelia Earhart. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and they'll they'll talk to anybody. They'll talk to anybody, right? It's like they'll talk to the aliens guy, right? And he'll be like, Well, obviously it was aliens. Oh god, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too when you said that too, like like ancient aliens. <laughs> Clearly, the ancient aliens took Amelia Earhart on their way on their way off the planet. That would make sense. Yeah, that actually makes more sense. <laughs> you know, they would find they would find a way to 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 make that sound legit in their heads. Oh, totally, <laughs> dude! If it was the ancient aliens guy, he'd be like, "Well, Amelia Earhart's missing, therefore it must be aliens." 
Yeah, it's like if you like, look at her, if you look at her flight plan, you know, this was in the trajectory of you know when Venus was crossing, you know, this point. That, that would that would that would be exactly it too. <laughs> yeah, convoluted, ridiculous theory. <laughs> Mars lines up with Earth on this exact day. Yeah, it's and like and there was reports. There's been reports of of lights in the skies that same evening that she that crashed. Same, that would exactly be it. Yeah. Yes. Reading docu- docu- documents from 1937 reveal lights seen in the sky the very morning Amelia Earhart <laughs> took off from. Coincidence? Uh, that, I think not. <laughs> clearly, it's aliens. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or like the famous saying, I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's, but aliens. it's aliens. <laughs> yeah. There's like one person in the background, like behind the, like the camera guy. He's like, have you considered that it just crashed? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> like, <no>. Impossible. <laughs> no. <laughs> aliens. <laughs> Oh my god! Well, that was interesting, man. I I found that quite fascinating. Yes, and I, I, you know, honestly, I hope you and I are alive when we finally figure this mystery out. But it's, it's this is like one of the ones that I'm like doubtful on. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. I like, mean, you have your hopes up that maybe they've finally solved the case, but probably not. Probably not. I guess well, uh, well, if they go back out, maybe, maybe we'll find out. If they can find any evidence that might still exist down there of that, if if it is even a plane. I know, right? And that's that's part of the problem too. Is that even if you find it, what's going to be left that you can do like CSI on? You yeah, know, I don't know. I don't know. Anything that wouldn't deteriorate in the sea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any, I don't even know, man. Like something she could have had on her, or something like anything metal is going to be ruined at this point. Ruined, or they'd have to find something that was like clearly damaged, not from hitting the ocean, but like. Like, oh, the engine's not even here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the engine is completely, this wing is completely missing. Oh my, you know, that might mean that they had engine problems and the, you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, who knows? Yeah. Could have been any plane for that matter. Yeah, right. Actually, that's the good point. They might go back there and they find out it's something completely different. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let me, let me do my little bit here, Joe. I found some interesting facts that fall under, I guess, the science category. You're like, I swear this is totally science, man. All right. So, Joe, my first fact, because like I said, I want to contribute to this. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Go. A single day on Venus is longer than its entire year. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Because Explanation. Said, yeah. It says Venus has That's an awesome. extremely slow rotation on its axis, taking about 243 Earth days to complete one rotation it, on its own rotation. That's a day. That's one we day would, on Mars. We would be very, well, no, it's what, what's its time around the sun? Does it say? Yep. In contrast, its orbit around the sun only takes 225 Earth days. So it spins oh. around the sun faster than it spins around its own axis. That's crazy. So, That's that, so is, that is wild. We'd be even older on Venus. Yeah. Oh, or younger? I don't know. More rotations around the sun makes us older. That's true. I'm thinking of the... Well, I mean, we wouldn't literally be... I'm older, thinking of, like, days. <laughs> well, I mean, how do you want to measure it? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, right? If I you am... want to measure it by... <laughs> exactly. I am 36 days old. <laughs> yeah. Just go with that. Yeah. All right, so another one for you, Joe. A, uh, do you know what a group of pandas is called? Yeah, it's called it's called a group of pandas. That is incorrect. It says, when a group of pandas gather together, it's referred to as an embarrassment. What? 
That's what? what they're called. Yes. While pandas are undeniably adorable, the term adds hu- a humorous twist to describe these cuddly creatures on a group setting. So, yeah. Uh, that's great. You have like, you know, like a, a herd of, you know, something. Yes. When pandas are hanging out together, it is called an embarrassment. An embarrassment of pandas. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's fantastic. I, there's no more explanation than that. I don't know why it's actually called that. Someone decided that that's what it should be called. <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know how they landed there. Me neither. Like, like, look at that. Look at them all hanging out together. It's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that's what we'll call it. Yeah, that's good. Good Johnson. All right. So the the world's largest desert, Joe. I'm yeah. Kind of turning this into like a half-ass quiz here. Do you know what the largest okay. desert in the world is? I thought it was the Gobi. <sighs> is it? This, that's the largest sand desert. This is like kind of oh. trick, this is like a trick question. This is it's Antarctica. It right? is. Yeah. It says when people think of deserts, they often picture vast sandy landscapes. However, the largest desert on earth is Antarctica. Deserts are defined by low precipitation. And Antarctica fits the criteria receiving only two inches of precipitation each year. That's right. You know, it's funny because I think I learned that in like sixth grade that the word desert applies to both environments. Yeah. Or I did. Any environment. I actually didn't know that, so I, I thought that was pretty interesting. That is cool. That is cool. I probably learned like, at one li- point in Literally, it's, it's very cool. It is very cool. <laughs> that was terrible. All right, next one, Joe, I got for you here. I got two more. Cows have best friends. Yeah, think about that. Cows or, have or best d- friends. Or don't, because that just makes it feel worse when you're eating a nice steak. Uh, uh, it says, cows are social animals that can form close friendships and they often have best friends. They, they can become stressed when separated from these companions, highlighting the social bonds among the seemingly gentle creatures. Yeah. That's uh that's kind of sad. I don't want to think not, more about not that. too surprising. Cause think about any time you drive past a field of cows, they're hanging out. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They're always just in the corner hanging out together. So, Totally see it, man. Totally see it. That's they, a cool science. I think they rip on each other like like human beings do when they're good friends. They're like, say, yeah, hey, hey, Dave. Yeah. Hey, Dave, what do you what do you call those? What, what are those knobs you're standing on there? What are those legs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how they even rip on each other. Yeah, like what do you what do you make fun of a cow for? Like, I don't know. <laughs> or they just make they just make stupid cow jokes to each other. <laughs> I mean, I guess they'd all be females, so I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're just maybe they're just chit chatting. I don't know. I don't know. All right, here's another one for you. Bananas are berries, but strawberries aren't. Huh? I yes, didn't know that. I did not know a banana was a berry. It says, botanically speaking, bananas are classified as berries because they develop from a flower with a single ovary. That's, uh, that is interesting. That is so interesting. they do fall into the berry classification. Yeah. Uh, this is like the whole tomato thing that irritates me. Yeah, yeah. So, so it should have been it should have been a banana berry. It should have been a banana berry. It says on the other hand, strawberries, despite their name, are not true berries. They are considered aggregate fruits as their seeds are on the outside. Interesting. That's it is really I I guess I never really knew where to sure. I didn't know where to place the banana. Now I know. Yeah. I guess if they're not called strawberries, like I mean it is a fruit. So yeah, I, I mean, there's still fruit, right? That hasn't that much. You have not changed with your statement. Yeah, it's just a. It's just not actually a berry, a yeah. straw fruit. A straw, a straw fruit. Yeah, I don't know. 
one bonus one here, Joe. Okay. Apparently, according to this, penguins, penguins propose to a like a suitor, a potential mate. Okay. Like like uh, human beings do. It says in the world of romance, male. I'm not sure how to pronounce this. Adeli, Adeli penguins. Okay. Uh, they search for the smoothest pebble to present to their potential mates. If the female accepts the pebble, they become partners. It's like a penguin engagement ring, and the size and quality of the pebble matters. <laughs> I like I like how this. I could just re- imagine a penguin trying to roll like a boulder, you know, over to his potential mate. Oh, he crushes her. <laughs> He's like, He's whoops. Like, oh, no. Is it too big? Is it too big? <laughs> Damn it. I shouldn't have listened to Dave. He's, oh. Yeah. Who pointed this one out to me? Oh, all right. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, there you go. There's uh, there's my little uh, contribution to the science, Joe, to your science bit. I, I liked... I liked every one of your facts. That was a good, those are good facts, man. Thanks. So, all right. I am going to give you my, we're on to the movie, the movie, uh, or wait, media picks, media recommendations. Media picks. We don't have an intro for media yet, do we? We don't have an intro for anything. All right. Uh, I'm going to give you mine because I feel like yours is going to be a bit more of a, a conversation piece. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm go, give it, go, 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 do, do your thing. Go, go, gadget. Go movie review. Yeah. Or show review. All right. So I watched the new Mission Impossible movie called Dead Reckoning. Have you seen this yet? My wife and I really want to see it. So this is going to be interesting to see if I have to do another follow-up based on your review. Yeah. You can find it on uh, Paramount+. Plus. It was really good. It was like a two-hour and 40-minute watch or something like that. Okay. But it really kind of hits all the Mission Impossible you know, excitement that most of them deliver. But this one was like a little bit different. It was, I don't know, it, it was like, it had, it had like a couple like funny ish moments in it, but I like like Tom Cruise's character has evolved in his mission impossible life. Like you remember in the very beginning, he was very, very serious. Mm-hmm. He still has those, like those tones in, in this movie, but he's also like, he's older. So, they're kind of playing with that a little bit. Like it's, it's, it's funny in a way. Like he's, it, it is almost weird to think about Tom Cruise actually being for the lack of a better term old. Right. Yeah. He's like 60 now, I think. Yeah. Like that's just, even, even though obviously you and I are older, that's still something when I watch those movies, I'm like, this is a six, however, however old Tom Cruise is now, he's definitely getting up there. He's doing most of those stunts. Yeah. Still. 61. Is- 61 years old. He still looks good too. Good for him. And so you guys, so did you, did you watch it by yourself? Did you watch it with the wife? I watched it by myself. And and any, does it, so I've seen all of the Mission Impossible movies up to Dead, Dead Reckoning, which is definitely on, is definitely on the plan to see. So did you, was it a good balance of like, like action and you could call it whatever dialogue sequences. Yeah. Was it, was it mostly an action flick? Was it kind of like, was it more like the original mission impossible, which was more of a spy thriller? Like how did it play out? They all kind of follow that same, you know, spy thriller, but this one was different. Like it wasn't so much like, you know, the, the breaking into some like high security, you know, thing to get the thing out. You know, it was, they were trying to stop 
a criminal. I don't want to give too much away, but you can probably figure this out in the trailer. Sure. So they there were these two keys that fit together, and they controlled like this like insane artificial intelligence. They were calling like the the entity. Okay. Okay. So this is like a this is a thing to get the thing movie. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but it was it was really fascinating, really well done. So I I give them props on this movie. I like they they were selling it with a few of the like the really crazy scenes. Like we've all seen that that shot where he takes the motorcycle and jumps off the cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a great part of the movie. But the rest of it was fantastic. Like they did a wonderful job. So I I don't want to talk plot points too much, but okay. All I want to say is if you are an, a Mission Impossible fan, definitely check it out. Like I said, Paramount it, Plus. It, I am definitely going to see it. And I'm and I'm glad to hear you say that it was good because unfortunately, it did not do well in the theaters for whatever reason. Uh, I think people were just on almost like, I always say it, like almost like a Top Gun hangover by the time it came out. Oh, maybe. And it did not do well. So I hope that it does. I'm going to, I may even buy it too. Like I might whatever rent or buy it because if it, you know, just so I have it because like, I, I don't know. I just kind of feel bad that this movie did not do well because Top Gun brought Top Gun Two, Top Gun Maverick brought people back to the theaters. And when I heard this did not do well in the theaters, I was like, that's just kind of a bummer to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was something about it that like, I don't know where it was, but I almost didn't watch it. And I don't, I don't know how to explain it. (laughs) But I decided I, I to watch it. No, I got. I, I hear you. I didn't go either because at that point I just couldn't fit it into my schedule. So I'm just as guilty as anybody else. Yeah, I think. I think maybe it was just like whatever they were presenting as far as the the action clips they were showing everybody. It just for me, it just kind of felt like oh, you're just another another Mission Impossible movie. Like I just wasn't real excited about it. Uh, no, that's that's true. I kind of I I kind of get that from the previews as well. Yeah, so I'm like I'll just, I'll see it when I see it, <laughs> like when it shows up on something, and it did. Like I said, Paramount Plus, you can check it out for free. Yeah. Well, sort of free. Girl, math. I mean, you, you have to pay right. for the you have to pay for the subscription. <laughs> pay for the service. We all pay for it, right? Yeah. So all right, let's Joe. Let's let's move on to yours, man. Let's jump into so some the, Oppenheimer. The second half of media this this week. So in case you didn't join us last week, Dave, you yeah, shame on you if you your, didn't. shame on you. Go back and listen to that episode because Dave did his fair. We kept, we tried to keep it short, but you kind of did a review. To be fair, of Oppenheimer last week, the and first I half. was kind of yeah the first the first hour because you only made it an hour and twenty minutes through the an hour and twenty minutes into Oppenheimer yeah and it was it's a it's a movie we've been talking about actually along through the various past few months because it was that and like Barbie, Barbie came yeah. out at the same time right and mm-hmm. and I was very excited because I I was very excited about the movie because I am a big history buff when it comes to like the building of the first atomic bomb and, and what happened at Los Alamos and, and how we even got to, you know, we got to that point, you know, and eventually, you know, drop, you know, drop those, those nuclear weapons on Japan. And I just, the history is just fascinating to me. So I I, was very excited about it. Go ahead. I do want to say one thing. And I actually, I, I forgot to mention this on the last episode and Carrie and I, because we're sitting there watching I said this to her and she hundred percent agreed. This movie would have been way better suited as like a six part series, in my opinion. So after watching it, so then, so to your point, when I watched, so I said last week, I was said, I'm going to go watch it before the next show because you know, you found that like, yeah, maybe this would have been better as a series or it wasn't very exciting or whatever. 
And watching the episode, or watching the episode, right? Mm -hmm. Watching the movie, I saw what you saw in that first hour. Okay. Like, basically, the first hour is setting up the foundation on Oppenheimer. But in, and, and what I found when I was watching the movie was that if about at the 30 to 45 minute mark, you start to realize that this movie, as crazy as it sounds, is not about the atomic bomb. It's not. This, no. Oppenheimer's not about the atomic bomb. Yes, they do that in the movie, but the actual building of the weapon and the success at Los Alamos is only about, I would say, is really only the second act of the movie. The movie really has three acts. The movie has the opening, which sets the stage for Oppenheimer, like where he comes from, the people he associated with. The, the middle the middle is, is what everyone thinks the movie is, which is the building of the atomic bomb. Mm. And then the third half is, uh, is, is how Oppenheimer was treated after, you know, after, you know, after we you know, dropped the weapons and McCarthyism, you know, McCarthyism was, was, was the thing in the United States. I don't have enough time to go and like what McCarthyism was, was basically hunting out you, portions of our government were basically hunting out anybody who had any kind of opinion or thought about like, communism or socialism whatsoever it was mm -hmm. a, quite frankly it was a terrible time in this country but it's how it's how it's how oppenheimer was treated during the mccarthyism era so there was kind of three phases of this movie and coming away from it after kind of taking the whole three hours in i was up until like two something last night watching it because it's such a long movie i came away really enjoying it okay and it took that first hour so that first hour when I watched it, I was kind of right with you where you were sitting. And I was kind of like, I'm not sure exactly where they're going with this because I, I didn't know what exactly they were setting up. It was hard to and figure once, out. Yeah. And, and once I had kind of got into it and I started to see, they basically use the movie as a tool to teach you what, an, um, what a weirdly complicated and amazing weird amazing strange person robert j oppenheimer is and he is by the end of the movie you're kind of like you're, you you kind of come away from it like you know you do they do the whole atomic bomb thing but you kind of come away from it with an understanding that he wasn't a simple person like you could have he had a bad side he had a good side he had an interesting side he had a science side he had a side where he you know and I think that I I think forget is it Cillian Cillian Murphy that plays him, I have just no idea. does, just does an absolutely bang up job of uh, of posing as Rob as Robert Oppenheimer. Yeah, I mean like, I don't I, I don't know I didn't know anything about Oppenheimer. I, I know I, I never even saw a picture of him. At least I can remember. So I don't know how much of his likeness was how 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 he was like in relation to the actual character. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but f from what you say, good for him. He did a good job. It's just, it's a movie. I think, you know, Matt Damon's in it, you know, Emily Blunt's in it. I think it's a movie Matt that Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr.'s in it. Mm -hmm. It took us a second to realize that it was Robert Downey Jr. It did. It did. He's, he's, Hey, he's getting older too, by the way. Wow. They, they made him look even older too. And Matt Damon is too. But I think once my brain, set into the fact that I'm in for a movie that is, is that is basically re that is, you know, what's the right word is basically 
a, a walkthrough of Oppenheimer's like prime, the prime of his life, essentially, then I kind of settled into it. But I mean, that first hour does take a little while to get into because you just don't know where they're going. But once I settled in, I was like, and I think Emily, one of my favorite, besides Celian Murphy. Celia oh, Emily Murphy, Blunt's character? Yeah. Emily Blunt's character is phenomenal. She's and, such a good she is too. Like I, I was watching her in something else recently, and I, I haven't seen her in a lot of things. Honestly, I just I don't watch a lot of movies with her in it. And this movie really kind of changed how I, how my you know kind of the idea that I have in my head as, as what kind of you know kind of actress she is. Like she was she was phenomenal. Yeah, she well she was in the like the Quiet Place movies. She was in that one that we love, that Tom Cruise movie. Oh yes, that which I had forgotten she was in that the the time the the time the 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 Groundhog Day movie. Go figure. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Yes, right. Where it's kind of like a science fiction take on, <laughs> on 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 Groundhog Day. On Groundhog Day, yeah. yeah. Groundhog Day being the, the the movie, not the day today. Right. Yeah, which there's been talks about them making a sequel. I don't know if it's actually. I've happened. heard about that. I'd love to, I'd love for that to happen. I'm not sure if it is. Me too. Yeah. So, well, so your your take on the movie is you enjoyed it. It's. I'll, I'll just warn our audience right now. You have to go into it looking for the real the, the lesson and the reality of Oppenheimer's life. If you go into it thinking it's going to be like oh like like it's going to be almost I'll call it like this almost like a spy thriller about beating the Germans and the Russian or sorry yeah the Germans and the Russians to the atomic bomb. That's not what it is. That's in the movie, but that's not the point of the movie. So if you go in with that expectation, you might not like the movie. Yeah. Don't even start this movie remotely tired because you will fall asleep in the first hour. For sure. I I would think you want to start it earlier in the evening anyway. Like four o'clock. It's three hours. Yeah. Yeah, Like it's three hours, you know, like it's a solid three. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. I don't even want to say about that. I mean, so we're allowed to land on different sides of the fence on a yeah. movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So if I finished it, I probably uh, had a different opinion, but I'm only basing my opinion off the first hour and 20 minutes, which I thought were, like I said in the last podcast, a snooze fest. The, the movie really breaks into what most people think the movie is in its second hour. So if you think the movie is about the building of the atomic bomb, that's where the mo- that's where Oppenheimer gets into that part of of Oppenheimer's life. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's essentially where it picks up and then but there's a whole another hour after that by the way. Yeah, the the the, the hour we skipped out on. So all right, well that's uh, that's a good uh, review Joe on Oppenheimer. Do you want to continue to the last bit or do you want to call it? I'll leave it up to well, you. Well, what what is the timer at right now? Because I think the last bit's still going to take a good fifteen minutes or so. We got ten minutes left. You just want to do it? Oh, oh, we can do. T- if it, yeah, if we got ten minutes left. We can we can jam it into ten minutes. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's do it. Do we have a we have an intro for this? <laughs> yeah, we have an intro for the. I know. Oh, here we go. We here have here. an intro for the Craigslist game. I know. I, I see it on here. Do we say something over this? We need we need better intros. I, I kind of like the Craigslist game intro. I actually like that as the intro. Yeah. It's goofy. You know? 
Yeah. All right. So if you're not familiar with the uh, Craigslist game, one of us or both of us, depending, will find things on Facebook for sale and see if the other person can guess how much Wait, they th- are. Things on Craigslist. What did I say? Facebook. Oh, yeah. Craigslist. Sorry. <laughs> would be pretty funny, though, if the Craigslist game was finding things on Facebook, right? Like, yeah. why do you guys I'm, call it the Craigslist game? I was I thinking, like, in my head, I'm, I'm like, I'm envisioning like the Facebook marketplace. So, well, no. I mean, it's. We could start using that, that, too. There's some goofy shit on there, too. It really Whoops. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Old couch. Smoke-free home. No pets. <laughs> Rarely used. Yeah. <laughs> so, like three like distinct ass prints in it. Yeah. That have been there for 80 years. Yeah. So, all right, Joe, let's jump into it. How are we doing the, the game, though? Is it... I just have to get close. Well, what do, I forget. There's a version of this game that you like, and there's one that you don't like. I think you like the version where you just try to get close. So I we'll try do to that. get close. Yeah, I don't want to be playing that Price Is Right style. Okay. All right. All right, Mister Anti Price Is Right. Yep. I am selling you a sword collection. Okay. Okay. The sword collection. However, the price that you have to target is just. It's there's a bunch of swords in this collection. I mean, this is available apparently in Conneautville, Pennsylvania, which okay. isn't too far from us. No. There's there's samurai swords. There's more traditional, like you know, more traditional like middle aged swords. Now most of these are replicas. Yeah, if you try to say, swing this at anything, you're gonna end up stabbing yourself. These are just like the kind you find at like you know the fireworks and sword stores. Exactly. Yeah. They're I mean, these things aren't that expensive anyways to begin with. But you just how, have to give how me the many, price of how many are there? Oh, well, no, there's this this collection is huge. There's probably 20 different sets in this collection. I you just have to guess the price of one of the sets. He's selling each one of the sets for the exact same amount. You All just right. have to so if you you're not buying this whole thing, you're just buying one of the sets in the collection. He got married. That's what happened. And he, she's like, get these out of here. <laughs> exactly. There's like a kid on the way. And he's like, you have to sell this stupid sword collection. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how this is going. Yeah. I'm going to say he wants 300 bucks for a set. Am I even close? <laughs> oh, okay. So he takes your money and gives you three sets of the swords. Oh, no. He if wanted you know 100 bucks. He wanted 100 bucks for each set. Yeah. yeah. See? Cheap cheap ass okay all right i mean yeah that's right it kind of it kind of gets to like how cheap these like they look don't get me wrong they actually look nice right but you hang them on your wall yeah you don't go out fighting with them (laughs) (laughs) and you don't let like your drunk friends tank them off the wall or anything you know no try and play like real life fruit ninja (laughs) oh that is definitely something would happen and you definitely don't let your friends touch it oh i saw a video that actually happened that's why i said it Oh, they actually did try real life fruit ninja. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really stupid too. Like they, instead of taking the blades like away from each other, he pointed them inwards and, and kind of like scissored in and ended up slicing his one hand wide open. Idiot. Oh my God. Oh my God. So don't do that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Well, on that note, (laughs) sorry. Okay. So this is, this is being, this is your second question for today. Mm-hmm. Your, your second Craigslist guess for today is a Mario Lemieux signed Pittsburgh Penguins CCM 
vintage jersey. Now, it's being sold. The reason why it's com- coming up in Northwest Pennsylvania is because the person has the has the image or the sale targeted to appear here in Northwest Pennsylvania. Right. It's actually, they have to ship it from, it looks like they're shipping it from California. But this person does have a legit sign, Pittsburgh Penguins CCM vintage jersey signed by Mario Lemieux. What do you think you're paying for it? $400. Anything? He, he, you're the person that when they, like when the person says, I'll give you this money, like, or I'll give you this amount, you're the person that pisses everybody off because it's always way lower yeah. than what it's being sold for. Oh no. Okay. Does he want like yeah. $800 for it? You're also, now you're still the person that. How much does he want for this thing? He wants now. I get. I get it. You and I have had this conversation before. What is this really worth? Right. They're asking fourteen ninety nine, fifteen hundred dollars. Dang, on Craigslist for a jersey signed by Mario Lemieux. Still, I mean, it's. I don't think I'd go? even pay four hundred bucks for it. <laughs> will it go? And then that's that's the thing we talked about before. Is like a signed jersey. What is a signed jersey worth? What's a, it's worth? What you're willing to pay. That's true. It's yeah. Whoever the right buyer is, somebody will possibly buy that for fifteen hundred dollars. I right, and, and you just kind of have to. You just have to kind of hold out. Oops. Whoa, <laughs> you're like, My and bad. this one is fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. So I don't. We, we've gone down the the road of yeah sports memorabilia and how ludicrous it is. You know, sometimes. So yeah. I mean, I hope he gets it, but. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. This next one I picked out for you. Uh Oh, I picked this one out for you. This is a 2009 Ford Escape Limited four wheel drive V6, and I thought I thought it might be similar to your Ford Exploder. It's about five years older. What's the how many miles are on it? Here we go. So so this is. Let's see. He says, "Ooh, here we go." This is a 2009 Ford Escape Limited. It has. (laughs) (laughs) Two has. 181,000 miles on it. That's actually not that bad for for an 09. I mean, okay, ready ready for joking coming. All Ford fans, cover your ears. I'm surprised this thing hasn't died yet. Hey, I got 151,000 miles on mine. It still runs it's great. A, it's about to die. No, it's not. <laughs> no, you're probably, honestly, you're probably right. This thing has 181,000 miles on it. What do you think they want for it? Let me tell you the condition. They claim the condition is good. And I'm looking at it. I mean, it's got your normal wear and tear of a 2009 vehicle, but no major dents. I'm not seeing any major dents in it. Looks like they put new tires on it. They vacuumed the inside. Yeah, honestly, these these will hold their value reasonably. So, and, and like 181,000 miles yeah. isn't a ton considering that it's a, like I said, a 15-year-old car. Yeah. And an SUV, I'm going to say that they're going to ask like 6,500 bucks for it. Wow. Let me tell you, dude, that, that was great because I'm going to give it to you. You nailed it. How they much? Wanted, what? They, they wanted 6,900. Oh, there you go. Okay. See, <laughs> I, see, I told you, you're, you're, yeah. you, I knew you'd get the Ford thing. Hey man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an exploder boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yours hasn't exploded yet. Mm-mm, no, knock on, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. Dude, that's fantastic, man. What? I don't know if I would have got that. Like, I would have been like, the mileage would have thrown me off. Yeah. Well, they do. They hold their value quite a bit for for a while. Even the ones with like 200,000 miles on them, like people still pay, you know, upwards like five grand for one. It 
it's 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 something it's still so like if you were to ask me what it, what to buy for an SUV because I'm not an SUV person I don't know what I'd give you but you nailed it you yeah. absolutely nailed it right. yeah. you got another one I do I do I have I have a guitar oh. you have to I think last time we did guitars I think I think I gave you a Les Paul last time and I think you missed it I think I did so I'm going to give you a chance to redeem yourself all right okay this is Again, and I know you're, what your complaint's going to be already. You're going to be like, I don't know how to price guitars because I don't know how to price guitars either. So this is a BC Rich Warlock 1984 NJ series. And the reason why this is a special guitar, and I say special, but don't let that lead you astray too much, is it's the one that looks like, basically, like it looks like a battle axe. Oh, okay, okay? Yeah, yeah. It's got the crazy spike end on it. Mm -hmm. So he was the classic BC Rich Warlock in good condition. They say it's good condition. I don't know what that means. You know, but I'm looking at the pictures. It looks definitely looks usable. It comes with a case. New CTS pots and orange drop capacitors were recently installed. The three-way switch is original and still works fine. The neck is straight. So that you, as you know, as a guitar player, the neck being straight is important. Yeah. Factory tremolo bridge. Some scrapes and chips, normal for its age, but nothing, but nothing major. Serve me well, but they want to make more room. What do you think about the BC Rich Warlock 1984 NG series guitar? What do you think? What are you paying them for? So I'm going to say just on a total guess, like the the average ballpark price I see for like a non-Les Paul, you know, not, not like a real high-end guitar. Yeah, yeah. The The average like used price I'll see is like 400 bucks. That's my guess. Holy bananas. What's you that? nailed it. That's nailed what they're asking for it? Absolutely nailed it. <laughs> nice. You absolutely nailed it. They are very happy. They want they want to do business with someone like you. And that was $400 on like on the dot? Yeah, wow. $400 on the dot. That's a pretty good guess. <laughs> I mean, I I've often see I always thought that those battle axe guitars were honestly more. I thought that they were like a like a like a crazy collector's items or something, but I'm like this is like 400 bucks, so you could pretty much pick that up for anybody and be like my first guitar. Yeah. So many guitars you'll see, like if you're looking on used guitar sites or, you know, marketplace, stuff like that. Yeah. It just seems like the average roundabout price is like 400 bucks that people are looking for. Yeah. For. Like what is, what is that? Like, I don't know. Why? I don't know. I have no idea it, why people just, they just won't pay. Maybe they just don't pay more for it. Maybe not. Yeah. Like, so that's about the average I see. So that, that, that was my, parameter for the guests and i think i okay. yeah i nailed it you, you you absolutely nailed it that was great am i what was that number th four three four i think it was four hey, give me give me one four. more give me one more all right here we go one more and and that and you've absolutely nailed it today by the way you're 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 killing it okay last one is an oldie bit of goodie and i mean that because of the object not because of the age of this game show right uh it's a kodak carousel projector so the things you see in the movies when everyone's like, hey, do you want to come watch my slides for my vacation? Oh, yeah. No? Yeah. Yeah. I remember those yeah, from like so, uh, from high school They'd, when they would use those, remember? Yeah. Yeah. We we are. That's. See, you keep reminding me that we are <laughs> old enough to understand what this thing even is. Okay. Yeah. We had slide projectors in school. Yeah. And they would click the button and the next slide, you know, go to the next slide or whatever the lesson was that day, whether it be math or science or history. Or whatever. Yeah. Now, if they even use them anymore, they use actual projectors hooked up to a computer. Yeah. Or everyone has their own. Most kids in school now have their own laptops and the, and the teachers just share that information on the laptop. Yeah. Do you remember like they, they would have like they'd have the, the projector screen 
and they would have this this big clear glass piece on the top where the yeah where where the instructor or teacher could write on yes, it. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, like that was crazy. <laughs> it was like so. I mean, like, it was so cool then. It was so analog. I know. Right? <laughs> like between the blackboard and like the clear screen, so you could write on the lesson, so you didn't ruin the so you didn't ruin whatever you were writing on the background. They had like they had the clear thing that they. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're talking, hold on a second. I want to make sure you know I'm talking about the right thing here. What I'm referring to, what you're talking about was like the flat top projector. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but they they had like, years like the projector that has the wheel of the carousel. Yes, of, yeah. that's what I'm selling. Yes, correct. Yeah. But no, I, I think okay. they had something. Oh, no. So You're right though. They did. They had the other projector. Right, but what they would do is put like a piece of paper or something like a translucent translucent piece of plastic and you could write on that. Yeah, exactly. that's right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. All right. Yeah. So, all right. So I'm going to say the guess for the carousel projector with, that'd be cool if it came with like weird, like slides of like somebody else's family. Somebody else's vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to say I want like a hundred bucks for it. That's my guess. You nailed it. A hundred dollars. Absolutely nailed it. Dude, I'm killing it today. <laughs> Between the, the, the Ford, the, the guitar, right? The the projector and I, something else. There was like one more I thought, there too, yeah. Yeah, that I don't know, you nailed it. Like I can't I don't know if we could you're too good at the Craigslist game now. Yeah, man. I, I think I botched the first one, but yeah, I got I got a bunch of the other ones. Yeah, I was like, Oh, I got them today, but you're like, Nope. <laughs> not today. Not today, you. Yeah, well, that was fun, man. Good finds. Good finds. <laughs> Yeah, so if anyone's looking for those things, you can find them on Craigslist right now. Yeah, Northwest, uh, excuse me, Northwest Pennsylvania. Look it up. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, the only one that you kind of, you kind of, you know, mixed up a little bit was the Mario Lemieux jersey. Oh yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah, they were asking way too but, much for that. But it, but again, that's some of the most difficult thing. Right? It is sports what's stuff. A, what's a jersey worth? Yep, it's signed. Who knows? Yeah. So all right, well let's wrap this one up, man. That was uh, that was a good show. That was fun. So thank you all for tuning in on another one, and we'll see you next Monday. Talk to you next time. <laughs>